Today, my guest is Heather Hetaru Miller. I am so excited to have Heather here. She is such a, a, a kind soul. She's a powerful woman, but very kind and loving. And today, um, she's going to, to share some information with us that I think will be really useful to you. She has had a variety of experiences in her life, as we all have. And what she has done is taking those, taken those experiences, and she's written several books. She's created several training sessions. I actually participated in one of the training sessions that dealt with sacred sexuality, and it was really, really powerful. I um, was having a challenge at the time with, with moving beyond where I was, and still her way of teaching and the, the sensual um, environment that she created for us was so powerful. Heather is a personal change coach. And I worked with her when I was starting out and teaching belly dance in, I think, 20, 2008. And what she does is so incredibly unique. She actually uses her intuitive divine feminine gifts to help people to direct and focus their business according to their spiritual gifts and to what spirit is leading and guiding them to do. And so without further ado, I'd like to, to welcome and bring onto the mic, Heather Heteru Miller. Welcome, Heather. Thank you, Sana. Heather? Yes, I'm here. Yes, welcome so much. Thank you for, for joining me here on Center Her Power podcast. How are you today? I am awesome today. I'm happy to be here to share this time with you. Good, good. So what I'd like to do, if we could, is start off by um, giving give us some information or explain to us your name and how what does Hetheru mean and how is it that you started to use that? And is that something, is that a name that you still use? It is actually um, discovering Ketheru on my journey uh, was one of the more significant moments for me. It helped me to anchor a lot of my identity and a lot of things that happened to me in my journey. I have, uh, let me just say that Ketheru is an ancient Kemetic or ancient Egyptian goddess and her role, uh, she had several roles and she um she provided the nurturing, the support, and the anchoring of communities and families. And it's a lot connected to the work that I do. And I happen to be extremely fond of cows. <laughs> and she is a cow <laughs> goddess. And that was one of the attractions to the name. But actually in exploring my name, Heather, I followed that back um, to uh, the Greek gods and goddesses. And then it went back further to the Roman gods. So I started, I knew that there had to be a more ancient connection to the name. And so what I discovered is that the name Heather, if you remove all of the vowels, it also matches the ancient comedic spelling of Hetheru. And so because they didn't use vowels at the time, uh, they over time, the letter U was added um, to Hetheru. If you saw it, just the letters, it's the same letters as the name Heather. And so as I continue to explore my name, my, my biological, my given name, my birth name, I discovered the similarities between the goddess Heteru and the, uh, 
the matriculation of the name over time. So she went from Het Hurt to Het Heru to Hathor and then to Her in the, the Greek mythologies. And then uh, in present time, the name became Heather. So it was actually the origin of my name that helped me to uh, establish my own identity and secure my purpose in my work. Yes, yes, I feel the same way. Um, Sana is my spiritual name and it helps me to live into my purpose. It means the shining pinnacle in Arabic and in Kiswahili, it means work of art or art place. And, and it definitely has helped me to live into the name. And even though um, it's not my legal name, I use it more often now than, than any other name. My mother actually used to call me Sana, which is how I've heard people who speak Arabic um, pronounce it. And you know, I think our names are so important. The reason I, I asked you that is because our names are so important. What we call ourselves, how we speak, is so important because we really do have the power of life and death in our own tongues. Yeah. And, and, and thank you so much for sharing that because I think you really embody that in the community because you're also a wife and mother. Yes. And um, you know, I, 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 I wanted to mention too that you and your husband have um, started a program that is helping to bring awareness to suicide in children. Correct. And okay. and that is that is so so key. And I know you've been working with um, with people right now. We're still in the midst of a pandemic. This is November of, of, of 2020. We have been in a, a state of kind of hyper vigilance and emergency. And um, there, there's been civil unrest. And we're now entering a time when the, the coronavirus is is um, the, the rates of coronavirus, of people who have coronavirus is increasing, or the, the people who have COVID-19 that is increasing. More people have died at this point. Um, a quarter of a million people have already passed away. That's not necessarily a bad thing. I know some may not um, see it that way. And we all are here in a transit, we're all transitory. We are all transitory. So we're all gonna be here for a while and then we're gonna move into another life for a while. But um, you have been working with families who have been working to process the pandemic and the um, not notion of death and losing someone who is a part of your family. And you talked to me about how significant it is to be able to to um, to be able to talk about that a little a little more can you share some of what you've been doing lately and 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 what you think about the whole notion of death and and what you might tell someone who is experiencing um life without someone that they love absolutely so uh, let me frame this by um, the understanding of the time that we're in we are in a new age and this age is the age of aquarius and so part of the age of Aquarius is the ushering in of a new way of thinking. And it is also drawing the balance from the masculine and the feminine. And it's using the feminine energy to make an ultimate shift into where we are supposed to be, which is a, a, a culture, a society that's seeped in love and spiritual elevation. And so a lot that we see happening is part of the ushering in of this new age. So 
as souls are coming in and souls are, are transporting to their next level, it's really important to have that as a backdrop because God and the universe do not make mistakes. They are mm, universal right. laws that are in motion. Yes. And so as those universal laws are in motion, and I'm talking the cosmic universal laws, so the ones that are beyond just the, the law of man and mankind. So these are the other things like you reap what you sow. These are the, the, the uh, oppositions of, you know, the masculine and feminine energy. It's, it's, and it's not about judgment of good, bad, right, and wrong. This season is about ushering a new dimension and new generations that love in different ways. So we talked a little bit um, about the uprising. So part of that uprising is from that generation whose work it is, which are the indigo children, whose work it is to pull down systems that no longer serve mankind. And they also make the room for the crystal children who usher in a new level of love, which is the vibration that's going to help us make this ultimate shift into the spiritual elevation that we're all feeling and recognizing now. Yes, yes. And you know, one of the things that I think is really important to, which to me makes it a little easier. I've, I've lost um, both my parents and, and a brother. I won't say lost. They passed away. And that now they, they interact with me in a different way as ancestors in the spirit realm. And it really does for me help to shape the 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 loss or them not being here anymore to be able to see it in a larger perspective mm-hmm. to be able to and then you know as we see all these people who have passed away we know that certain spirits hold particular energies and if those spirits are passing on then it's quite possible and it is it is the truth that a new way of understanding life and living are passing on and and not only are and so this in this new age not only is it um human beings who are transitioning but gaia the earth is also transitioning to another level of existence now when you when you say that to your clients who you're talking who, you, who you're working with are they able to ex- how, how do they re- experience that information so depending on where they are in terms of their spiritual connectedness is the level of conversation that I might have with them. So everybody is not open and ready for that conversation. So I have an opportunity to gauge that ahead of time. Right, right. So for the most part, what I talk to people who are experiencing grief and loss, and loss could be because a family member has now separated, maybe, uh, you know, households have separated or, um, you know, couples may have separated, uh, life partners may have separated, uh, just as a, as a being in this close proximity over time, and you actually get to see what you like and you don't like about someone, even yourself. And so that loss, that could be the separation from the old self to the new self. So it's, it happens on multiple levels, not just the passing away of our loved ones. But for those who um, are actually dealing with the, the difficulty and the separation of the, the grief component of that loss because of a person's passing, um, 
depending on, again, I, I do a really close assessment as to where they are. And so I've counseled uh, families or I've coached families. Uh, and so we've done uh, a series of Zoom calls with the family. Uh, it was, uh, I think it was about 16 members of this particular family who were really, uh, they had about four consecutive losses back to back. Uh, two of them were sisters, there was a husband and there was a child involved in these losses. And so the family was wow, really happy. That's a, that is a lot. That's very significant to lose so many people at one time. And, and it really was because one, as soon as they had the funeral, the second person passed. As soon as they had that funeral, the next person passed. I mean, it it literally happened like that over a period of, I think, uh, almost a period of like two months. And so they were really, really, really grieving. And, uh, and so we kind of talked about the stages of grief to get everybody a gauge. It, that, and I talk about that for two reasons. One, so you know where you are in this cycle. And then two, so that you know and recognize there is a cycle, that there is a process, that there is a next step. And so that's really important because the, the, the difficulty is not knowing when the storm will end or not knowing if the storm will end. When you feel like your storms will never end, it, it takes away your hope. And when your hope is removed, it causes a lot yeah. of... Um, it causes a lot of other types of imbalances in your life and in your social dynamic, in your, your family dynamic as well. Excuse me. And so it's really important that you know that there's a cycle. And it's not an exact science in terms of the cycle because people grieve the way they, they grieve. But when you recognize the similarities in the grief, and for this particular family, each one of them, I, I would say, except for one, was able to recognize their cycle of grief. So they could find themselves in this cycle. Some were still angry. Some were still in shock. Some were feeling guilt because of maybe, you know, interactions that happened prior to the passing of their loved one, things that they regretted saying or doing or not doing. And that particular stage of guilt and, uh, and regret can really be heavy if you don't work through it. And so um, we, we kind of broke up into smaller groups to, you know, based on where people were and started to work through and talk through those areas. And then um, for the people who were stuck, um, just helping them to process that this, the, 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 separate, the physical separation of someone's passing doesn't mean that you have to give back the memories or you have to give back the love or be without those things. And so that was really helpful and healing for a lot of people because inadvertently the thought is I'll no longer have that love. I'll no longer have those memories and I won't be able to make new memories. And so that's a, that's a, a serious misnomer in, uh, in our grieving process because the love that's one of the things we get to keep with us. And it's something that they get to take with them. Well, you can't take your Mercedes Benz and you can't take the big house you just bought or you can't take, you know, your bank account with you. These are the real things that you can take with you and the real things that you can leave behind for your loved ones. So it's important how we love each other, especially during a season like this when people have been, uh, uh, have been, um, 
pushed so much closer together. Families, especially those in the same household, have been pushed so much closer together. Um, and so, you know, that that this time has been an awakening. And so at the beginning of 2020, there were a lot of people who were using the, the phrase that it's uh, vision 2020 was perfect vision. And it was a lot of, I knew a lot of people who made those affirmations and that affirmation went out into the universe saying that 2020 was going to be the year of perfect vision. So that's perfect vision of seeing ourselves, perfect vision of seeing where we wanted to go and the kind of life we wanted to have and live when we were so busy, you know, from last year to the start to March of this year, we were really busy with our everyday living and, you know, and our entertainment venues and what was exciting to us and how we engage and interact with people, but also how we took so much for granted. And so this particular season for us is such an important season to have that perfect vision. And as we're closing out 20, the year 2020 and putting our focus, which is my theme, our focus 2021, as we're shifting our theme for what we want 2021 to look like, this is a prime time to perfect that vision and hindsight of the year 2020. So it's been a really exciting time. Um, and so this process that we were talking about of, of grief and loss has been a part of this perfect vision, the perfect vision to understand that change is inevitable, that loving somebody and caring for somebody today is extremely important in our journey. Um, making sure that you are doing those things to elevate yourself spiritually, elevate yourself in terms of your healing and elevate yourself in terms of your legacy, what you leave behind in your purpose, what you leave behind to your family, what you leave behind in terms of the meaningful life that you provided for yourself and others is really important at this time. And so that is, um, that's another exciting level of moving into uh, 20, our focus for 2021. So thank you for the opportunity to share that, Sana. But if I can, i like to talk a little bit more about um, kind of what the idea of a personal coach is for those uh, in our audience who may not be familiar with the term. A personal change coach uh, is someone who helps to coach a person along their path because there are different uh, benchmarks at our on our path, uh, on our journey of self-exploration. And that self-exploration could be in the form of um, our career pathways. Some of us are entrepreneurial in nature and kind of don't know what the next step is or how to grow or expand a business, a business idea. Uh, and I also say that everyone has a book in them waiting to be read, waiting to be written and waiting to be read because it's part of the legacy. If you think about some of the great books of our time, 
the Bible is one, right? It's one of the most widely read books in the world. And what the Bible is, is a collection of stories and people's lives. And I think, you know, we, we seem to hold it sometimes so sacred that we forget that there's, it's actually a story of, a, of generations of one family line. And what happens as you look at the, the progression of that family and that family line over time, it's a model for how, uh, how generations and how valuable generations really are. Um, so that part, that component of personal coaching is that you have a perspective to help someone, and I call it their backstory and their meridian path. And so those are two important components of telling your story. And there's also two important components of your journey. You have to really understand where you've been to see the impact on your choices and your decisions in your present. And your present choices and decisions will also affect your future ones. And so to be able to do that um, and understand and recognize this opportunity is part of what a personal change coach helps you to do. And so as we are exploring your backstory and your meridian path, your meridian path being those key moments in your life that were the pivotal changes that led you to the current path you're on now. The recognizing your meridian path is extremely, extremely important to your journey. And I'll give you an example um, from my backstory. There was a, a my mother used to give us uh, uh, Bible scriptures as prayers that we use for prayers at night and also prayers over our food. And so I, I love telling this story because I think it's, it's such a key way to communicate the thoughts that we have from the mind and the eyes of a child that we take into adulthood inadvertently because we never challenge those ideas. And so the, the, the scripture that my mother gave me was, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And as a child, I heard, I will never leave the north for safety. <laughs> and so you can imagine, <clears throat> excuse me, as a as a child, I've repeated that hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and probably thousands of times as it was my blessing over food every day, and it was my prayer at night. And so to repeat over and over and put this in my mind that I will never leave the North for safety, I took that into, subconsciously took that into my adulthood, and I've lived in different places. I lived in different places, even in the South. I've lived in Florida. I lived in Georgia. I've lived in Tennessee. But I would always come back to Michigan. And it didn't occur to me until I was way well into adulthood and at a Bible study that that verse, that scripture was not, I will never leave the North for safety. It was, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. But what that did to me was it set this thought in my mind that I could not be safe living outside of the North. So I didn't feel safe living in Florida, even though I was staying with family. 
I didn't feel safe living in Georgia. I didn't feel safe living in Tennessee. I could not stay there because I didn't feel safe. And it did not occur to me until years later in really exploring again these ideas and these values that I've taken from childhood into adulthood that it had impacted me that way. And I had made decisions on my life and where I would live based on that particular scripture and value that I repeated over and over and over again from a child's mind, from a child's perspective that I pulled into my adulthood and my adult perspective about where I would feel safe. And so as we, uh, as I work with my clients through understanding their meridian past, looking for those key things, mostly in our childhood that help define our beliefs and our values and our, uh, our interests and even hobbies and lifestyles today. And so it's, it's something that really uh, some people may recognize, but still may need some help and some tools with the process of change. And as a personal change coach, I have uh, several sets of tools that uh, have, have occurred through my training, uh, through my personal experience that I have developed to help move people from those places and challenging our childhood ideas and values and experiences so that they serve you now and the ones that don't serve you anymore, how you go about releasing those those ideas and those thoughts that no longer serve you as an adult. And this these kinds of things are really reflected in our relationships, it's reflected in our lifestyle, and it's also reflected in our choices. And so um, this idea of, of legacy is a really important part of that because the influence of our forebears, that's our parents, our grandparents, our great-grandparents on us today is still alive and well. Part of the legacy that we are left is implanted and imprinted in our DNA. And so some of those ideas and some of those values are also imprinted and passed down from generation to generation. Sometimes, and we either have been referred to them or referring to them over time as generational curses or generational blessings. And I think that we have, um, we have said that several times, I've heard it several times, but not have connected that to the real meaning and value and what happens in that process. So I, I really thank you for um, allowing me the opportunity to share and um, give some insight into some of the uh, the challenges that we we address as a personal change coach and also how we help other people to navigate. And I know we also talked about um, relationships um, and I have a series of books that I call the couple bundle and the couple bundle is made up of a book called 100 ways to love or keep your woman or regain her love. And this, there's a 25 ways to love or regain his love. And there, there's a book called the survey. 
And the survey is a book of questions that uh, sometimes couples ask, sometimes couples don't ask, um, but it's a way for people who are either in a relationship or considering a relationship to um, to ask those questions that help you get a deeper understanding of a deeper understanding of um, this journey that we have uh, when we are committed to one another. And so it helps us to recognize those things that we have in common and sometimes those things that we don't have in common um, that may make or break relationships. But if you haven't had the conversation, if you haven't established kind of the values or understood a person's love language, for example, those are really key tools in having healthy relationships. And currently, we there are uh, about 29% of African-American women uh, of adult age who are married. And so it begs a, a response that we may still have a lot of work to do in terms of relationships. That's a, that's a huge imbalance of the millions of uh, women of color, particularly African-American women, who are only 29% of married couples. And then 68% of men are not married and may never marry. So it, 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 it shows us of areas that we need to put real work into. It was, it's such an amazing, it's such an amazing thought and part of our journey to be able to understand what's really happening in relationships. And when I spoke of the generational blessings and curses and the imprints on the DNA, some of that also uh, it has a trickle-down effect from generations, but it also, again, has an impact on our thinking. It is part of the legacy of our thought. And so it's also a part of the universal cosmic laws that are in motion. It's part of this idea of this season of spiritual elevation. All of the things and all of that, the dynamics that are pouring into us during this time is really all for our best good. It's all to help us to elevate on the spiritual plane. Even the, the challenges that we've had in relationships, even relationships between our children and our coworkers and our neighbors and in our communities, all of these series of relationships have a dynamic impact on this age of Aquarius that we're in, this dynamic of ushering in this new way of thinking and of living and of loving and of growth. And it's really important that as personal change coach, and you may see another term as life coach, we don't do exactly the same thing because every type of coach is different. Um, and I use this as a personal change coach is because it's the evidence and the evolution of the change in your life that you want to see for you. 
And so I, I am again happy to, you know, continue this conversation um, about how it impacts relationships, but it's also one of the areas that we cover, that we cover in your inspired journey, and I cover as a personal change coach. How do we navigate these nuances? How do we start to change our mindset? And what are the tools that we use to do that? And that's where I step in as a personal change coach. So thank you, Sanaa. Thank you again for allowing me to share. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Heather Hetheru Miller. You are a wealth of information and a great friend. If you would like to get in touch with Heather and um, hire her for some of her coaching services or attend her workshops, you can find her at her website, yourinspiredjourney.com. That's yourinspiredjourney.com. You have been listening to In the Center of Her Power podcast with your host, Sana Green. If you would like to get more information about In the Center of Her Power, maybe take a belly dance class or learn about our Sacred Hips training course or sound healing, or if you feel as if you are a part of the spiritual transition team that is present on the earth right now, please reach out to me at my website, which is centerherpower.com. That's centerherpower.com. I look forward to connecting with you next time. And until we do, shine.